0: Hit two topics this morning quickly, all right? We're going to be in Romans chapter 16, that's the, that's the sermon, but today happens to be a unique day set aside in America to talk about the importance of life, all right? And I want, to know, want you to know where our church stands, where the Word of God stands, where your pastor stands, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, your pastor, by the way, has two adopted children, so you probably already can figure out where I stand on this topic, uh, I, but I want to say this right up front if in your past you have had an abortion please understand we're not trying to beat you up the grace of God is greater than all sin and so God forgives you when you ask him to do so and so the idea of us talking about this topic is not to to beat you up and make you feel badly but I do want everyone from this day forward to understand that if you leave here and go out and have an abortion, I want you to feel stinking rotten, that is murder, and you should not participate in that. God's word says it that way. In the Old Testament, you would be taken out and stoned for that. God has no place for that, none. I don't care what excuses are out there for it. There's not a reason for it we as Christians trust a God who is greater than we are. And so when there are complications and inconveniences in our lives, we do not deal with them by sin. We deal with them by righteousness and trust the God who has empowered us to make righteous choices. You understand how this works? I'm, I'm trying to be nice about it, and yet I want to be firm about it. I I have two kids that might have been been aborted. One who was literally they tried to abort. And which of my two kids would you like to see gone from this world? Exactly. That's the way God is too. So I'm gonna share with you some real quick stats just so you know this is why it's so important. Since 1973, when Roe v. Wade became the law in the United States of America, 53 million abortions. 53 million, now that's not the part that really should just shock you. Here's the this, this statistic that ought to shock you. Are you ready? Of those, because they were pregnancies that resulted from incestuous relationships, 0.001% of those 53 million was from incest. That's one of the excuses they give you, right? Well, what about an incest? Okay, so, I mean, we're looking at one 1,000th one of a percent. It's, again, trusting God. What about uh, when the pregnancy endangers the life of a woman you know how many of those pregnancies were involved, were the result of those 53 million abortions? 0.065%. You see, what we are doing is we're aborting babies because they're not convenient. 92.33% of the 53 million abortions were because it was not convenient to bring that baby into the world. So I'm just trying to be honest with you. God hates certain things, and he uses that language, hates. These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, and one of those is feet that are swift to shed blood. And America has a lot of answering to do, you understand? So I want you from this day forward, I'm not trying to beat you up for your past. God says, forget those things that are behind and reach forth. those. But I want from this day forward, you walk out of here and you say, I am not going to participate in that. It's wicked and vile in the eyes of God. And we could talk about a lot of other statistics. I'm not going to take the time to do that. But uh, just understand, all right? I love my kids. And what's great is you love my kids. And... um, They might not have been here, but for the grace of God. So We're in Romans chapter 16, Romans the 16th chapter. This month uh, in January is our missions month, and so I'm going to wrap up our missions conference from last weekend and all the things that I haven't been able to say this month because I had surgery on my vocal cords and all that stuff uh, and try to wrap it all up today in Romans chapter 16. We're going to tie together Romans 16 and 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, You don't have to turn to 2 Corinthians 8. I'll read it to you. But... Uh, Romans chapter 16 where the Apostle Paul literally is making a list of the people that uh, have helped him in his missionary journeys Uh, that God had put together many people in his life that have been a help and since from our perspective as a church Southeast Baptist Tabernacle what we want is to figure out how we can as a church help missionaries so what we ought to do is let the Word of God tell us how right these people helped the Apostle Paul in his missionary endeavors And what we can do is learn from them on how to help our missionaries to take the word of God around the globe where it needs to be heard so desperately. Let's pray. Father, we ask that your blessings would be upon the message this morning. God, I pray that you would teach us how to involve ourselves in missions in a unique way as a church, uh, as individuals, that we would step up and, and allow you to use us mightily. God, we bring our nation before you and we understand that uh, we have placed ourselves as a nation, uh, perhaps in the crosshairs of your judgment for 53 million souls. And God, I pray that your mercy and your grace would be upon us. I thank you for uh, just recently bringing into uh, power some men who want to turn these things around and pray that you would uh, graciously allow them to do so. God bless this service now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Romans chapter 16. Starting in verse 1, as the Apostle Paul is talking, he's going to give a list, and we're not going to read through this whole list because it's a long list, uh, but I want to pull out some nuggets of how you and I can learn how to be a blessing to our missionaries. Romans chapter 16, verse 1 says, I commend to you Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at, you say that word, synchria. Now listen up. It is an amazing thing to me. That the Apostle Paul starts this list with a woman. In our Baptist circles, that's like taboo, right? But that's where the Apostle Paul starts. So I want to say something to you, ladies. You know, God has a purpose for you in this life, in this church. Do not walk away from it. Please do not. We need the misgenes of the past in our church to be here the Miss Barb's to be here, and God has so graciously, Miss, Le- Miss uh, Lund, if I said Leon, most of you wouldn't know who she is, Miss Lund maybe, still don't. We, we need them uh, in to, they were rocks in this church's ministry, and God used them to to anchor many people in this place, and, and I would just encourage you ladies, don't back away from it. The Apostle Paul says, I want, to, I want to give you some people that have helped me out, In a great way, as I was taking the gospel around the globe, and the first thing the Apostle Paul says is, I want to talk to you about this woman, Phoebe. And so let's learn from Phoebe. What did she do, and what could we as a church embrace in what she did? That ye receive her in the Lord as becometh saints, and that ye assist her in whatever business she hath need of of you. For she hath been a succorer. And that is an old word, I know. And what it really means is she's been a great help. She did anything that we needed done, she was there. You know, one of the things that we need to start doing is reading our missionary letters. And if there's something we can do, be a Phoebe. Now, I'll grant you that sometimes we can't do much because they're, you know, 2,500 miles away and we're here. I know how that works. But I also know that if you'll read the letters sometimes it's simple things like uh, you know we need and they'll bring up something and or maybe they don't even say that they need it they just simply are talking about something and you're thinking to yourself if they had this that would fix that problem. And you might be able to provide that because you've made it or because you can buy it and send it over to them maybe as a church we can do that whatever it happens to be. Phoebe simply said, I will, I'm willing, Paul, to help you because I think getting the gospel to a lost and dying world is so important that I want to jump in and help in any way that I can. And so she became a help meet, a, a succorer, an assistant. Any way that she could be of assistance to the Apostle Paul, that's what she did. So I want to encourage you to look at Phoebe and try to be a help. Be creative in this, by the way. I don't have any idea what all the that she did. I don't know. The Bible says she was a sucker of many and of myself also. That's what the Bible says. But she was so important to the apostle Paul's ministry. Paul's ministry. This isn't like just, you know, any anybody's ministry. This is the apostle Paul. He wrote half the New Testament. This is the apostle Paul. He started church all over the place. Churches all over the place. And the Apostle Paul says, the one person I want you to remember is Phoebe. That's the first one I want you to remember. Wow. So be creative. Look for ways to, to be a blessing to our missionaries. As a church, Southeast Baptist, we're, we have how many missionaries, Pastor Andrew? Forty-five missionaries. We support our missionaries roughly $135 each. Some we support for more if they've got stronger connections to our church or whatever. We've, we take them up to turn dollars uh, as dollars as we're supporting them. Uh, You're good about giving. You're you're wonderful about giving money toward missions, and that is one great thing that we can do, and the Apostle Paul is going to mention that. But let's be creative. Let's individually think, what could I do to impact the gospel at this missionary's station in in life? I don't know. that That's what Phoebe did for the Apostle Paul. Going down to verse 4. Now the Apostle Paul is going to talk, Greet in verse 3 he says, greet Aquila and Priscilla, my brothers in Christ, helpers in Christ, verse four says, who have for my life laid down their own necks unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Excuse me for a moment. So Aquila and Priscilla are helpers of the Apostle Paul. And here's what they did. What You tell me, put it in the vernacular. It says that they have laid down their own necks. What's the Apostle Paul saying? Okay, they have risked their lives, literally is what he's saying. They have risked their lives. Can I put it this way for us? Because most of us are not going to have a chance to risk our lives very often for our missionaries. We're not. But you know what we can do? We can make some sacrifices. That's the concept here. They, they were willing to do so much that it was sacrificial in nature. Uh, I, I think about, uh, you know, like uh, if I, I go to the uh, Speedway gas station. And if you go inside this Speedway gas station and buy something, every time they'll ask you, um, would you like to donate your change to, anybody know? Riley Hospital for Children. Right, exactly. And, you know, and the change is, I mean, it's like just the, the pennies change. Just the cents is all it is. So, you know, 68 cents or whatever. And you're like, oh, yeah, it makes you feel good. I put 68 cents into Riley today, you know. But you know what none of that represents? A sacrifice none of it represents a sacrifice. There's no sacrifice in that. I mean it's not like uh, I'm gonna, I, I, I've got to figure out how I'm gonna do other things in order to give up that 68 cents, like, yeah. that's why it's just not that big a deal. Uh, if I don't give it there, you know what I do with change? Probably the same thing you do. I reach in my pocket when I get home and I drop it in a jar. Uh, now we've got this jar, it stands about this big as plastic, it's got Colts on it because we were Colts fans. and. Um, and we drop in the, you know what we, that jar represents nothing to us. Honestly, if you came in and stole the jar, it's not like we'd go, oh no, what are we going to do? Uh, because it, it represents nothing, it's just a pile of change. Now, I will grant you that every year around Bal- or Valentine's, around uh, Vacation Bible School time, and the kids are all collecting pennies, that's when we start dumping the jar. And we're always amazed at how much money's in there, because it's usually two or $300. I mean, I'm not talking about $20. I'm, I'm about $200 or $300. If you stole it, we wouldn't miss it. It represents no sacrifice at all. It's just change. We're just dump it in a jar. You know, and we just, then we go in and take out the pennies and we always save the quarters. I don't know what we're saving the quarters for. I don't know. Uh, every now and again, you know, my kids who were in college, they needed quarters for the, the laundry machines. And so we. You know, give them a pile of quarters or a bucket of quarters or whatever. We'd send a quarter. Well, we just save a quarter, take out the pennies. That's all vacation Bible school stuff. And it's amazing how much money gets in. None of it is sacrifice. At what point does it represent a sacrifice? So Southeast Baptist Tabernacle, what we ought to consider is if we, want to, if we want to be a blessing to the missionaries like these people were blessing the Apostle Paul, at some point, it's got to be laying down our own necks. There's got to be some sacrifice involved. And it is very easy for us. Uh, I mean, one of the things that God has blessed our church with is finances. We, we have money. You know, we've never been, I mean, I granted, do we have everything that we want? No. I want a gym and, a, and an educational wing. We, our, our Sunday school classes, you could fit all three of our Sunday school classes on the platform for the little kids upstairs. You can fit them all on the platform. All of them. They're just closets. They're just glorified closets. And that's where your kids have Sunday school. We need new Sunday school classes. We know that. But, you know, our needs are met. Uh, God's been good to us. You folks give wonderfully. And, and it's a it's a great thing to see. What we're doing for missions isn't really sacrificial. It's just what we do. And we support missions well. But, you know, if we want to be... Like these examples, at some point, our efforts must represent more than loose change. Do you understand? There's a sacrifice involved if we want what our help is to make a difference to the ministry of the missionary. The Apostle Paul says, these, these folks knew how to help me. They made sacrifices in order to help. By the way, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, that's what he talks about. He literally says the churches of Macedonia did such an incredible job in giving. And he says, we even told them, listen folks, you folks don't have enough yourself. Keep it. And the Apostle Paul said, no, they insisted that we take it. They so much wanted to help the gospel go forth that the Bible says, in their poverty, you read it, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, In their poverty, they gave not only to their power what they could do, but beyond their power because they trusted God to do more than what they could do on their own. It's an amazing thing. It makes a difference in the ministry of the missionary. Down in verse sixty, he says, Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Can I challenge us here that this year, 2017, Southeast Baptist Tabernacle would find a way to bestow much labor on one of our missionaries think about this for a minute what do you count as much labor what project think through in your mind go backwards to the last 25 years that i've been your pastor and tell me what project we have done in missions that represents much labor Now, if you're Pastor Andrew, you say, Pastor John, we just got finished with the missions conference, and I'm telling you, I worked my tail off, and he did. He worked hard. He put much labor into those missionaries, and I appreciate it. But as a church, collectively, where's the much labor in our support of our missions? And we're going to have to be creative. These aren't going to just happen. Here's the idea. The Apostle Paul, in fact, if you read it carefully, he tells us, He did not stand up and say, I need, I need, I need. That's not what the Apostle Paul was doing. What was happening is these people were paying attention and figuring out what he needed and stepping in and providing it. So if Southeast Baptist wants to have a unique ministry to missions this year, we need to look for unique ways to provide much labor on what they're doing. This is the Mary that he was talking about. Go down to verse 12. And then as we read verse 12, thank God for your parents. Salute, Tryphena and Tryphosa. Aren't you so glad that your parents are who they are? (laughs) I've got some unique names in my family. I do. Liebert, Leland, Luther, Zelmer, Zelda. Those are all my dad's brothers and sisters. I'm not making it up. I'm not making it up. My grandmother hated her kids. I think she didn't. She loved them. She did. Zelmer married Alvina. Merville married Opal. Merville and Opal had Dorcas and Georgiana. I was so thankful when my name was John David Ray. Boring, boring, boring. Yes, thank you, Lord. <laughs> but the Apostle Paul says, "Salute." Tryphena and Tryphosa, who labor in the Lord. That's what they did. Yes, they were sisters. They labored in the Lord. What a wonderful thing to have said about you. That they just simply said, we're going to make a difference in the Apostle Paul's ministry. They adopted Paul as their missionary. And they labored in the Lord. With whatever labor it was, Paul doesn't give us. He just says, this is what they did. And it made a difference in his ability to take the gospel around the globe. Down to verse 14, 15, 16. Salute. Yeah, you can say all those names there. And the brethren which are with them. Salute. There they are again. And his sister. And Olympus. And all the saints which are with them. Salute one another. Listen to what it says. With a holy kiss. And I know that I'm going to read into this passage here. But you know what I get from this passage right here? These, are, these, are, these folks just, they just were encouragers. They knew how to come along and just greet you and make you encouraged. And I, I have no idea what it's like to be a missionary. I don't. I know that I went to camp the first time uh, I had to leave my kids to go to camp. When I went to camp before, I just went to camp. Then my kids were born and my wife would stay here and I'd leave my kids. And I remember I literally cried the first day of camp. I couldn't take it. Then J.D. got old enough to talk on the phone and J.D. and I are both crying. Melody said, don't call back. I'm not making that up. Don't call back, we'll see you when you get home. She said, I'm not gonna put up with him crying every time you call. I can't imagine what it's like to leave all that you love And go someplace else and stay because that's what God's called me to do. I know that God would give me the grace to do it. if That's what he called me to do. But I know that it would be easy to get discouraged if I was in that situation. What could you do to encourage one of our missionaries? Greet them with an holy kiss. Let them know that they're thought about, that they're cared about, that they're loved that the job that they're doing is appreciated and important. So important that I've taken five minutes to send an email or 10 minutes to jot a handwritten note or it's so unimportant that I'm not really sure. You get the idea. The Apostle Paul says, we need people that are just gonna greet us with a holy kiss who are just going to let us know that they're thinking about us, going to encourage us to stick with it and not uh, not quit. Then he goes down to verse 19. He says, For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And you say, Pastor John, I'm not sure that that tells me anything Yes, it does. Now, listen to this. This is huge. The Apostle Paul says, you want to be a blessing to me as your missionary? Then keep your testimony right. You know what it does for a missionary to come home and find out that the church that was supporting him has had three splits, that their reputation in the community is an embarrassment that the pastors run off with the secretary and the assistant pastor ran off, you get the idea. Apostle Paul says, I'm thankful that these people are known for their obedience. And they're known for the testimony that they've maintained. And one of the things that we can do Southeast Baptists, to be a blessing to our missionaries is to not let Southeast Baptists fall apart, right? To stay strong, to let the testimony be strong. So that when they come back, they're not just encouraged because we've been sending them a note or whatever. They're encouraged because they see that God has been working here as well as there. What a wonderful thing. He says, for your obedience has come abroad unto all men, and I am glad on your behalf. Be an example of the believers, what he's saying to them. Be an example of the believer in word, in charity, in faith, in purity. All the different things that he lists there in Timothy. Now listen to verse 20. I want to tell you, give, give you this and I'm done. I'm going to rest my voice and give us a chance as a church to kind of chew on this for a while. And I'm, I'm challenging you individually to do something for missionaries in 2017. I'm challenging Southeast Baptist as a church to think about how we might tweak what we're doing and be a greater impact, have a greater impact on the the ministries of our missionaries, but look at verse 20. It says, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Now, I know that he's concluding this whole book, but in this chapter, he's saying, listen, these are my helpers, all these people have done so much. And here is a promise that comes with the believer that embraces the ministry of a missionary and make sure that that missionary has a chance to stay on the field doing what God has called them to do. A promise given. And the God of peace will bruise Satan because of what we're doing. Folks, it's basically saying God will give you victory when you do these things. Keep your obedience, keep your testimony. And the God of peace will bruise Satan what a wonderful thought keep reading there in verse 20 the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you amen now Paul puts a salutation at the end as he closes out the book but that's what he's saying to those who have been such a great help to him in the ministry I want Southeast Baptist Tabernacle to represent the letter of our missionaries the Romans 16 of our missionaries when our missionaries are coming to the end of their ministries and they're saying, before I leave, let me commend unto the next people. I want Southeast Baptist Tabernacle to have had that kind of an impact on the ministry of our missionaries. If there's one church I could not do without, it's Southeast Baptist. Wow. That happens when we embrace the mentality that these people had toward missions, individually and collectively. Heads bowed, eyes closed please.